the property pod. 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 pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello and welcome to the property pod south africa's premier property investor podcast my name is Suren Naidu and on this weekly podcast show we gain insider insights from leading executives analysts developers and entrepreneurs in South Africa's expansive property industry will the residential property market surprise on the upside this year with expectations for interest rates to start falling or will 2024 an election year year in South Africa see pedestrian growth for the sector On this week's podcast, our milestone 90th episode, we speak to Supermandla Mkwenazi, property economist at FNB, about the prospects for the residential property market in SA this year. Supermandla, the last time I spoke to you was when I hosted a SAFM market update show back in November 2022, believe it or not. It's been a long time and the interest rates have spiked to post-COVID highs since then. It's your first time on the property pod so welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much I'm Seren and how the world has changed since then. A wonderful 2024 to you and your listeners at large. To you as well. We have a repo rate decision coming up from the sub next week Thursday that is uh, the 25th of January. What are your expectations is it too early for us to start to think about a decline or reduction in the interest rate cycle here in South Africa? <laughs> no, so when you mention a cut um I wonder why not another hike. I mean for the last 2 years the MPC has hiked interest rates in January two consecutive years we got in a hike in January. So what would be different this time around? But on a more serious note, um <laughs> if you look at the voting patterns um for for the November meeting the mpc members unanimously voted for a hold if you listen to the qna session it appears that they are relatively comfortable that um the current level um of interest rate is sufficient to drive down inflation to, to their desired level and since then since the last meeting we've had a um a fed meeting um and um from the fed statement it has turned a bit more dovish and this is in line with what we um with what we expected oil prices notwithstanding the volatility have come down a bit and the rand is relatively stronger since um, the last meeting so if we look at um the inflation trend it is supportive there is scope for a cut in the near future inflation itself did come down in november to 5.5% and it actually declined on a month on month basis so we think um we think that they are quite comfortable with how things are progressing and they probably would like to see a bit more you know a more data points to make sure that inflation is on the right path and it is going to be anchored around their desired um their desired level before they make ne- they make um the next move now there are still risks embedded in the system at the moment and this includes geopolitical tensions the state of our fiscal and, and its impact on funding costs you mentioned elections not just in south africa but around around the globe and all the volatility that um, that comes with so to answer your question directly suren it is still a bit early um, for for a cut but we are expecting a cut sometime this year sometime this year can i push you a little bit not in january not in march maybe in the second half of the year or could we see something in the second quarter 
interesting question. Look, um, when I look at um, consensus, um, most of our colleagues believe that we potentially are going to see a cut in the second half, in the second quarter of this year. Our view is that we're potentially going to see it at the beginning of the second half next year. So there is a bit of uncertainty um, around the exact timing. I did allude to some risks embedded in the system that leads us to believe that a cut is potentially in the second half, at the beginning of the second half of this year. It is a tough residential property market. Currently, we're seeing some uh, defaults and and that sort of thing uh, with interest rates now over a 10-year high. How did the residential property market perform last year? So, Ren, um, there are a few things to note here. Um, so, the first one is that um, following the above normal transaction activity between the second half of 2020 and 2022, demand for property is expected to have reached its its, its tough in, in, in 2023, especially in the fourth quarter of 2023. Available data suggests that um, volumes have declined by about, around about 25% to date, and this is data, it's data up to the third quarter of 2023. Wow. 25%. Absolutely. And I'm specifically speaking about here, um, mortgage transaction. And what we see is that um, decline is more pronounced in higher priced segments. And by contrast, activity in the lower priced segments benefited from what we call um, the buying down effect, the buy down effect as, um, as buyers look for more affordable solutions. So this isn't necessarily to say that the low income consumer was um, relatively insulated. It just means that those in the middle and the high income echelons were looking for cheaper properties which um, supported volumes in the lower end um, of the market. Furthermore, we saw that the subdued economic activity and the high interest rate environment impacted younger individuals disproportionately, and this includes um, first-time buyers, while stronger balance sheets softened the blow on um, on older buyers. So if you look at the numbers, you know, um, you're younger than 35s um, have gone from being the more dominant force in the market in the 2000s. So they were about 53, um, 53, 54% of total mortgage volumes in the year 2000 compared to just about 40% um, year to date. And there are many factors around this and I'm not going to get into too much detail around that. But one of them is the high unemployment amongst, um, amongst the youth. But um, be that as it may, it does have implications. We often speak about property as the biggest investment that an individual will make. So the despondency among the younger buyers in South Africa has implications for, for, for wealth distribution in the country. So now when we look at it from a price perspective, so, so we were talking really about activity. So now when we look at the price, from, look at it from a price perspective, similar to the trend we are seeing on volumes, um, you know, um, price growth did really slow in, in 2023, but it's starting to level out now, especially um, in the later months um, of, of the year, November, December. Um, and although there are noticeable variations, Across location and property values. Now, lower property, lower priced um, segments continue to outperform, in part reflecting the buying down effect I just alluded to, while um, this immigration trend where affluent individuals sell property in the inland and buy in coastal towns has supported demand in property values in higher price segments, specifically along the Western Cape Coast. So, so we saw we saw those um, divergent 
trends in the market. And finally, we saw also in 2000, in, in 2023, the most intense load shedding, especially in the first half um, of the year. And this definitely um, disrupted activity especially if you think about the high crime rates in the country and limited lighting, it sort of dampened the mood um, of prospective buyers and it affected volumes, especially in the first quarter of 2023. We also saw homeowners investing in alternative sources of energy at trend, which actually commenced in 2022 and it spilled over into 2023. And um, it also got marginal support from um, the solar panel incentive that was announced in the February budget. Although, as I mentioned, the trend actually predates this incentive. So that intervention, um, one could say that was way behind um, was way behind the trend. And we did a study on this, um, Suren, just to understand the dynamics, um, just to understand the impact that load shedding and the installation of, um, of solar panels has had on the market. And what we find is very interesting. What we find is that um, you know, the, 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 the unprecedented levels of load shedding over the last 12 months or so have induced some shifts in buy preferences. The results suggested that there is a greater demand and a willingness to pay a higher price for a property that is pre-installed with a solar solution. No surprise there. However, we find that this is actually more limited to the affordable market. Um, and in, in this, on this score, most agents, um, estate agents, estimate that the solar panel premium is generally with, within around about 5% range of the purchase price, but could go to could go over 15% in certain instances. And I mentioned it's more on the lower end of the, of, of the market. In the higher end, in the higher priced segments, however, pre-installed energy solutions play less of a significant role in the buying decisions. And this is because your wealthier buyers much more prefer customization, much control on what kind of a, of a solution they install in their properties, the quality and all of those things. And they know that they have a small superior um, access to funding models who are funding solutions and they are able to customize uh, you know, these solutions um, to, 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 um, to their desire. So, so, so in addition to the buy-down effects, as well as um, the long-standing supply shortages in the lower end of the market, this explains why you know um, the um, property values performed relatively better in the affordable market vis-a-vis in your more higher-end, um, um, in your more luxury market. Thanks for all those insights, uh, Sipamadla. Uh, turning to the outlook uh, for 2024, what are your expectations? As we mentioned, it's an election year. Um, about a month or two ago, I chatted to uh, Tyson Properties uh, founder, and he said generally uh, election year sometimes affects um, uh, the property market. What are your thoughts? So the best way um, to visualize this is to um, think of a, a, a social symbol. So we we think that we are now at the early stages of that lazy turning point, that lazy cusp of the social um, symbol. We think that um, for the next six months or so, we are probably going to muddle through. You mentioned the elections, and it's one of the factors affecting the market, and that is an absolutely correct assessment of the market. We tend to see, typically, um, we in an election, 
election year, uh, you know, with all the noise that it comes with, prospective buyers tend to, you know, employ a wait and see approach. And we think that um, that is what is going to play out um, um, this year. So, so the best, especially in the first half of the year. So we're going to muddle through, although we do think that we are now at the bottom of um, of, of, of the cycle in terms of um, in terms of, um, um, of actual activity. We think that um, once that noise has died down after the election, we may then see those delayed buying decisions filtering through into the market. And that is going to gradually um, lift transaction activities starting from the second half of the year and all the way into, um, into 2025. Um, in the end, we expect that um, annual volumes in 2024 will remain relatively unchanged from 2023. Once again, think of that swoosh, um, you know, um, that swoosh um, um, symbol. Um, we end up at the very same point that we started at um, around about um, the end of 2023. And this is this is very important as well. This level that we predict for 2023 is approximately 10% below pre-pandemic levels. And by pre-pandemic levels, I mean the five-year average between 2020, 2015 and, um, and 2019. So this is, you know, um, low activity um, kind of a market that we expect in 2024 with the second half of 2024 uh, performing better than um, the first half. Could it turn out to be a, a year of two halves then, not just the elections, but if interest rates start to come down in the second half or latter part of the year, there could be more activity in that second half as opposed to the first half? Absolutely. Um, it is, you summarized it quite well there. Um, so then it is um, going to be a game of two halves. So currently we pencil in, um, as I mentioned, the first cut um, in interest rates to be in the second half of 2024. Um, and as I mentioned, um, um, consensus is somewhere in the second quarter um, of, of this year, so a couple of months early. I think it's fair to say that um, there is a bit of uncertainty around the exact timing, as I mentioned, and, um, and all because of all those event risks um, I alluded to earlier. So be that as it may, we think that um, the next move, um, 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 the next move um, in interest rates should help home buy activity pick up steadily over the forecast horizon and our forecast horizon spans from 2024 to um, to 2026 and as mentioned we are probably going to settle below pre-pandemic levels in the near future but um, it gets better once you get to 2025 um, and 2026 the gradual decline in inflation and borrowing costs combined with some employment gains surprise surprise should modestly um, stimulate demand in the interest rate sensitive segments I mentioned your first-time buyers. I mentioned your younger, your younger than 34 buyers who have been despondent in the market at the, um, at, at the moment. So we expect those gains to come through more in the medium term than in the near term. Um, and this could see volumes mean reverting by 2025. So it's a combination of factors. It's not just interest rates, although interest rates go a long way in stimulating that kind of a demand, um, especially from first-time buyers, especially from your more younger buyers. Thanks for that. Uh, just to conclude, we're running out of time. Besides expectations for interest rates to come down, there is a uh, pension fund reforms that the government has uh, instituted that's going to come into effect this year. That could put more money in the pockets of consumers. Do you think that will also be a positive effect for the market or would they rather spend that money on cars and holidays? <laughs> I think more the latter. Look, while this is um, going to 
put more money in the pockets of consumers. We don't think it's big enough to have a meaningful, um, a meaningful impact on um, on the property market. It might assist, you know, um, your your more your interest rate sensitive buyers in putting up, you know, that down payment, your um, the, um, the, 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 the the deposit. It might also assist your existing home buyers to pay down um, their debt. But in terms of stimulating new demand, we don't think, uh, you know, um, that is large enough to um, to have um, a, a material impact on the market. But as you say, it does put a bit more sense in the pockets of consumers, um, but not large enough to tilt the scales um, of demand in the property market. Sipamandla, we will have to leave it there. That was Sipamandla Mkwanazi, a property economist at FNB. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. Pod.